What's up, bro? Can you hear me? What's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. All right. Let's get this thing cracking like some broken bones. All right. Now. All right. So uh, uh, I can think I could edit all this the first couple of seconds or so. So. Okay. Um, we could do it in about 10, 10 seconds. All okay. Right. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Everybody, this is the new podcast that we are doing. It's called Sports Business with myself. My name is Eric Compton, aka Mister Town Business, alongside my my bro, my co-host, my fellow battle buddy, Mister Brian Berryfield. And hey, we... what's going on, y'all? All right. So yeah, this is gonna be like our pilot episode. You know, every TV show usually likes to do a pilot episode where they kind of get to gauge the audience and whatnot and see what we got going on. So we're definitely just going to throw a lot of different ideas out there and go from there. So, um, BB, you know, if you want to give a little bio about yourself, we can go from there and I'll uh, go from there. Hey, what's going on, y'all? I'm uh, Brian Bearfield, a.k.a. Big Sarge. I am a, a sports uh, journalist here in Houston, Texas. I'm a sports radio host, uh, host of um, Sports Talk with Big Sarge on the legendary KYLK. And uh, I'm a veteran. I'm a widower. I'm an advocate for mental health and colon cancer. And I'm doing a 5K in all 50 states to bring awareness to colon cancer and mental health. There you go. And where can they find you if they want to reach out to you, man? Uh, Big Sarge Sports with a Z. You know, we always got to be different. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's Big Sarge Sports with a Z on Twitter and Big Sarge Sports with a Z on Instagram. And Brian L. Bearfield on Facebook. All right, all right. And my name, like I said, my name is Eric Compton, Mr. AKA Town Business. Um, I'm originally from Oakland, California. I always say I'm from Oakland, California. Anybody, someone at any time I have to introduce myself. Um, I am also a veteran, Army veteran, been in the game for about 10 years now. Um, I'm actually doing this podcast, doing a lot of couple of other side projects as well. Um, you can actually find me on Instagram at Money Compton, as well as my uh, Facebook page is just Eric Compton. And if you need to email me, it's going to be e underscore Compton 5 at yahoo.com. And we're definitely going to come up with a couple of, uh, we're under construction for the sports business uh, email as well as our social media. So be on the lookout for that as well, you guys. So, okay. Hey, don't, wait, hold on, Eric. Don't, don't shortchange yourself, man. Tell them about your segment every Thursday. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes, you can actually find, actually catch me on Mr. BB show as well every Thursday out there in Houston. Um, it's called Town Business with Eric Compton, and I do serve as a weekly co-host with uh, Mr. BB out there in H-Town as well. So, yeah, look out for me every week. That's Thursday from, I believe, 3.30 Central Time to 4 o'clock or so is how we got it down? Yep. All three, right, three, yes. 3.30 yeah, p.m. Central Standard Time to 4 p.m. on uh, Sports Talk with Big Sarge. That's right. So, yeah, you know, it's a brand, you know, that's that's our Big Sarge Sports Network 2.0 show. So, you know, we definitely had yep. a, a good run in the first time, and we definitely going to carry the momentum into our new show. So I appreciate the heads up on that. I appreciate that battle. So, uh, hey, you know, that's kind of what we do out here. We check each other six, and we definitely want to be a little different. You know, we got a lot of different media outlets that are able to give um, their top takes on, you know, different sports media issues, um, current events and whatnot. But, you know, I think we like to hit them with a nice little left jab where it's just two different dudes out here that are giving the sport taste. Uh, you know, it's two veterans 
And it's too common, folk. I mean, they don't get no common than you and I, BB. So I think what we got going on out here is going to be awesome, and we're just going to take it and see where it takes us to, man. All right, bro. I'm all for it, man. Let's do it. All right, man. So, you know, today is September the 4th, so we had a lot of interesting things that took place this weekend, man. Um, a, a lot of it, it, there's so many different routes we can take, but um, being the fact that this is Tuesday, the day after Labor Day, um, I think the Nash, I mean, one of the uh, unique things about sports is that it ties so many different backgrounds into, you know, what they love and what they stand for and what they believe in. So I think it's only due diligence to kind of get into the elephant that's in the room that has the nation talking about. It, and that is, uh, it was announced yesterday on Labor Day that uh, Nike, this whole time since 2011, um, has been um, endorsing Colin Kaepernick, has been paying him, even though he has been in the league since, I believe, 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it's 20, it was 2015 or 2016? 2016, 2016. He hasn't been in the league yeah. since 2016. So um, this whole time, Nike has been you know, paying him. They, they've kept him on the pay books. Um, they've still been endorsing him. And they actually came out with the 30th anniversary of the Just Do It collection. Uh, they kind of started unveiling things with Serena Williams with her, um, with the with the response of what happened to her at the French Open as far as the catsuit saga. So they started con- continuing with the wave, and they actually posted a. a they made Colin Kaepernick as one of the brand ambassadors for their Just Do It campaign, and um, it was just unveiled yesterday. So there's a lot of backlash, I guess you can say, and. Um, you know, BB, you talked about it well on your show today. Um, you were very, very, uh, you know, passionate and whatnot. Um, I wasn't able to give my voice so I'll, You know, I'm going to go ahead and get this thing cracking like some broken bones, and I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, you know, go go from there. But uh, first and foremost, like I said, both BB and I, we both served in the United States Army. Less than 1%, oh. one, less than 1% raises their right hand to even enlist in any military here in America. So with that being said, there is a lot of things that we have to take. You know, uh, me personally, I, I, I'm with Kaepernick. You know, I, I think uh, it's been very admin if you follow me on social media, at Money Compton on Instagram, as well as Eric Compton right here on Facebook. I've been very, very adamant on what Calvin Kaepernick has done, been doing. The brother has not sat there and done anything, you know, and he's not caused any rights. He's, he's kind of casting himself out and has done so many behind-the-scenes work for our community, for so many communities, with the Know Your Rights camps, with speaking at just so many different youth-level um, guest appearances and whatnot, that, you know, the brother's not only walking the walk, he's talking the talk. So the NFL has literally shut him out of the game, and yet the man still hasn't sat there and, and, and been backlashed or, you know, said anything bad about the NFL. Yes, he does have a collusion case, but even at that so, he's still been very, very hush-hush about it. So the fact that Nike even paying this brother and sitting there still standing by what they believe in, it's nothing that you guys should be surprised. Michael Jordan, 30-some-odd 30, 30 years ago, was a black man who Nike used as their new number one ambassador when he got signed to the Jordan brand, created his own brand. So my question for y'all is the people that are out here taking, throwing away their, their brands, throwing, first of all, if I don't see no retro 11s getting burned, I don't want to hear it, dog. I don't want to see your granddaddy's Nike Monarchs that you can pick up a Sears for $34.99 getting burned, okay? Come holla at me when y'all out here burning some Vapor Maxes, some Air Max 360s, some retro 11s, or some retro 12s, then I can sit there and take y'all serious. But until then, 
Y'all can keep burning what y'all want to burn. Y'all are sitting spending your hard-earned money. Nike can care less, you know, give two craps about what you're doing on the back end. They got your money, you know. The fact of the matter is, if you guys really do your homework, the, the Just Do It campaign is targeting for the 15 and 17-year-old kids. That's the market that they're tapping into. So all that old money that you guys are worried about, Nike's not even tapping into that. And I'm, su I'm surprised that there's so many backlash about this whole campaign as if Nike's going to go away from it. Nike is the third most recognizable logo in the world, okay? Let me repeat that again. Nike is the third most recognizable logo in the world besides Coca-Cola and McDonald's, all right? So what that means is you don't think they sat there and had some research and development teams, some a whole bunch of case studies, a whole lot of uh, sensing sessions and whatnot to see if this campaign was going to work or not? Come on, man. They've been doing their homework for a long time. And they've had and known that this has been in the bruise. If they've been thinking about this Just Do It 30-year campaign, they've been working on this for at least two years now, okay? Then this is something that they're going to come up with uh, two weeks ago and say, okay, now that the now that it's 30 years on Just Do It, we're going to come up with our concept. Nah, man, they've been working on this for the last year. This has been something in the bruise, and they've even admitted it came out public and said, we've been supporting Kaepernick this whole time. Granted, the man ain't been getting an NFL check for the last year and a half or so, okay? So he got to come up with some type of funding source somewhere. And I, I salute Nike off top for doing what they're doing. And anybody who thinks that this is going to derail Nike, I can tell you this right now. Nike went off 3% of their stocks today, okay? They're not worried about nothing. All right, so that's all I got to say about it. BB, the floor is yours, brother, man. Uh, well, you know what I mean? You, and you said a lot, man, and, and that uh, <clears throat> that that was well put. And another thing that I said, and, and I don't understand what these people uh, are doing when they're burning their, when they're burning their Nike, <laughs> Nike gear, but you're not burning your Converse. Nike owns Converse. Nike owns Kohan. Nike owns Hurley. And so if you're not going to get rid of all your shoes or all your apparel that's associated with Nike, then I don't want to see it. And I, I definitely don't want to see some uh, Nikes that you bought from the grocery store mm -hmm. that got the little tie in between them. It didn't even come in a box. Mm -hmm. Like I'm seeing some of this apparel that, I mean, some of these shoes and apparel that they're burning, I'm saying to myself, like, what are y'all doing? That don't, I don't need, is that real Nike? Right. Like, I don't even think that's real Nike that you're burning. And, and another thing is this. Let me tell you why I think that. We're, we're Nike... Where where Nike went right. So if you've noticed in the last two two I want to say two to four years, Adidas has made a real push in the uh, was that seventeen to twenty one range yep. when it comes yep. to um, as far as um, shoes are concerned, especially running shoes, and they have the Yeezys, and so they Ultra made boost. this real strong push to where yeah where they branded themselves very very nicely. And the one thing that I liked about Nike is Nike just sat back and said, okay, okay, I got this. I see this. So who's ever running Nike's marketing department, let me give you kudos, hands ups, snaps, and all that, because you not only sat back and watched Adidas and had a plan, but now this, this plan that you're about to drop is about to change the entire game. I, I, I don't think that people realize this is that, one, like you said with Jordan, and you know, Jordan didn't even want to sign with uh, Nike at first. Jordan wanted to sign with Converse because when he came into the league, you got to remember the weapons, which were Larry Bird and Magic Johnson shoe. And uh, I Dr. think even Isaiah Thomas had a weapon. Dr. J as well. Uh, yeah, and so those were popular. Michael Jordan sat in the corner and sulked. He did not want to sign with Nike, but his daddy made him go to the meet, and that's why he was sulking, and they ended up going with Nike, best decision of, of his life. And like you said, 
Michael Jordan became a brand ambassador for Nike and the face of the NBA during a time where they weren't really trying to make an African-American the face of the NBA. You look at it like this. Uh, Serena Williams. She's the face of tennis, which is a predominantly white sport, but she is the face sponsored by Nike. Mm -hmm. Golf. (laughs) Tiger Woods is the face African-American male in in a predominantly white sport sponsored by Nike. Nike knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so they also realize they know how strong the African-American dollar is. That African-American dollar will move mountains, brother. When African-Americans get behind something and they put their money behind it, they are a billion-dollar entity, brother. So they started when they start putting their money behind something, Nike knows this. Nike's been there when it's been retro Jordans. Nike knows the sales of, you know, phone posit, KDs. LeBron James. So they said, well, wait a minute now. We know that we have a lot of people that are supporting Colin Kaepernick. Let's get behind Colin. And then that when we drop that line, the 30th year, the 30th Just Do It campaign, we know that as soon as we drop that line, it's going to sell out. I and, and I know it is, bro. Oh, it most definitely. And not to mention, you brought up another good point when you, uh, when you brought up um, Converse is uh, owned by Nike. Uh, Hurley. Cole Hans. Uh, here's another thing that uh, that people seem to forget that is tied with Nike, Apple. If you look at all of their app, the fitness apps and and Apple watches and whatnot, that's tied with Nike. So if you all are gonna throw away all that other stuff, all the Nikes and whatnot, like you said, your granddad's, you know, Ronda mower lawn shoes that he picked up at Sears for twenty nine ninety nine. Make sure y'all throwing away them iPads, uh, Apple watches. Everything else they got to do with it. If your car supports Apple CarPlay, go ahead, go ahead and take that back to the lot as well, and get you some Android stuff. So you know the the the, the fact that Nike is such a mogul as far as they got their hands in so many different entities, um, it's amazing. And you know they if they think that that's what's going to end up happening, and the, and the folks that think that boycotting Nike and burning their memorabilia or their clothing and whatnot. Make sure y'all burn y'all NBA jerseys because it's sponsored by Nike. Make sure y'all burn y'all NFL jerseys because that's sponsored by Nike as well. Anything that has to practically do with the Olympics is all just about Nike. And then on top of that, um, I don't think it's not going to, this isn't going to hurt Nike at all. I just read today that Clemson just re-upped with Nike for another 10 years. Okay. And it's definitely not going to hurt Nike. And what it's going to do too is you're going to you're going to have to take a step back and look at it like this. And I, and I'm pretty sure Nike is going to find some way to say, "Oh, so you don't want to buy Nike's cuz you don't support Colin Kaepernick. So you don't support his movement uh, you know, his cause for bringing awareness to racial injustice and uh racial inequality in in the United States. So you're going to run out and you're going to buy Reebok." So I wonder, Eric, is that going to make everybody take a step back and look and be like, oh, so you got on them New Balance, huh? Oh, you don't support Colin? You got on the Reeboks, huh? Oh, oh, I get it now. Oh, dang, dang, eat at me and I can't even buy no soldiers no more, huh? You know, because them soldiers, them Reebok soldiers with the gun bodies, <laughs> ooh, that's them no years, man. Or them, uh, you know, down or here the dog in home. Texas, Louisiana, we love them, we love them soldiers. Or them uh, dog on, what, what was Alan Iverson's, uh, shoot, the question, the question and the answer? yeah. You know they, yeah, are, they are they gonna start be crazy eights either. Yeah, oh yeah, they, I forgot about that part. Shaq, uh, Shaq, the hypnotized ones. From remember the Shaq, <laughs> Shaq hypnotized ones when he had uh, the Shaq oh. brand on Reebok. Yeah, man. So it's a triple down effect. Shaq was my Reebok. Yeah, he had the hypnotized ones. You remember those? Oh, I I, I definitely remember those. And you know yeah. what too though, e, uh, when it comes to this, uh, <clears throat> when when it comes to these people boycotting 
Nike and burning their, their things. Just like you said, you're going to burn the NFL jersey. What I find so amusing and amazing is that Nike set back on this uh, and uh, when and, and became brand ambassadors for the NFL. And now it's funny how everything comes full circle because you won't give so you won't give Colin a job in the in the uh, NFL because of collusion. Like you all colluded against him and you colluded against Eric Reed. So you won't give them a job. But now Colin is getting paid almost the equivalent to an NFL contract. Mm-hmm. And it's fully guaranteed at that. Exactly. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping Colin reaches out to Eric Reed and say, okay, look, bro, you may not never play again, but I got you. I mean, I'm going to slide you over here and make you part of this, that, and the other and give him some of that Nike money as well. Oh, I'm pretty sure the Nike is going to eventually reach out to Eric Reed. Uh, if, if you could talk to Colin Kaepernick right now, BB, what, what two questions would you ask him? The first, the, the, the first question I would ask him is when was it that he decided like what, like what, what clicked for him? Because I'm not going to be a hypocrite. When, when when he first started to uh, when, when he first started this silent protest, I, I I came out and I was like, man, but you wasn't doing all this when you had these endorsement deals, when you were going to the NFC Championship, mm-hmm. when you were going to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and now it seems like you may be doing this for attention. I said, but I'm going to wait mm-hmm. and I'm going to watch because I want to see if you're really serious about this or not. I said, so I'm not going to go ahead and just totally go against you right now. I just want to make sure that I see. And then as time went on, I made, I kept making videos saying, Colin, I see you. You're doing a great thing. You're doing a great thing. Until I finally came out, I was like, look, man, I apologize. You like really meant, you you really mean what you're doing. So that's the first question I'll ask him mm-hmm. is, what, uh, what, what in your mind said that today I'm going to sit for the national anthem. The second question I would ask him is, what is the end game? Mm. What is the ultimate goal for what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Do you do, do you plan on, I mean, are you going to start something? Will there be like a school coming soon? What, what type of uh, projects do you have working on? Like, what is the end game? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to piggyback off of that, and I'm going to answer it myself as well. So I think my first question for Colin Kaepernick would be, um, you know, I when he first did the whole sitting, when he sat on the cooler, was it the cooler he was sitting on, or was it the bench? It was the bench. He was sat on the bench. Okay, so when he sat on the bench, I think that following Tuesday or Wednesday, he was in Santa Clara at the practice field with some um, pig socks on, if I'm not mistaken. I think my mm-hmm. first question would be, what made him wear the pig socks? Because you know, I, you and I were in the military, and this is the only this is the only part where I think kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and, and it's just because I have family that are in law enforcement, especially out here in the Las Vegas area, is that you know there's always this cliche, and I think you know there's always this misconception that every doggone cop is a bad cop, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say that you know eight out of ten are good. But I do know that there are some darn good cops out there that try to, you know, that literally legitimately are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I think that's the only thing that I wanted to question them would be is what we you know what made you do it. Because on the back end, if you actually go to these know your rights camps and these uh, these classes that he's given, he brings he brings he brings police officers there, whether it's former uh-huh. cops, detectives, um, people that served as as a, as a volunteer police officer or whatever the case may be. He has cops that go to these things. So I think the first thing I would ask him is, you know, what, why, why did you bring the, you know, the pig socks? 
because if I, I think that's the only thing that him and I disagree on. Um, well, that's one of the things, and that's what I'm going to my second question, is, you know, everything would have been more legitimate, I think, and I think he would have a little bit more um, supporters on the cop side if he, would have, if he didn't wear those pig socks, you know? And that, that's just my first question. Now, I think my second question for him would be is, why didn't he vote, you know? And, and, and this, this, this is the part where I think the message, the message can kind of get lost is that, what is it, about 70 years now that black people have been legitimately able to vote in America? I think it's something like that. Um, you know. No, they still, no, the Voters' Right Act, they, I think that that's up and I, I think they pushed it out. I don't, 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 yeah, me, but no, we don't, they, they, they still, uh, the Voters' Right Act, it still has to be voted on, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So it wasn't until minority, you know, within the, what, this century, what is she going to say, this century, that minorities have been able to vote. So, you know, you may not have a dog in the race, uh, but I still feel like it's our due diligence. And if that's one thing I could push to our young brothers and anybody that's listening, man, if y'all want to see change, it's not at the presidential election, man. It's about these midterms, your local polls, man. If you really want to be about that life and be about change, you got to go out and vote, man. And even if you just cast a vote and have a throwaway vote, there is, a, I think if I'm not mistaken, there is a button where you can just, you know, I prefer, you know, I'm not voting. The, the, the vote gets counted, but it doesn't go to a specific party. And he said that he didn't want to vote for two liars. Okay, that's cool, but you could still could have voted for third party. You still could have just threw away a vote. You know, just the just the pro, you know, I, this, this is the third presidential camp. The, the, this will be the third presidential campaign I'm actually been able to vote. And just being get being able to stand in line and actually cast that vote, man. I sit there and think about what my answers to have to do just to have this right. And the fact that I could just roll up there, show my ID, and just be like, yeah, I'm here to vote. I mean, that means something to me as a black man, you know. And that that that's well, me, me. Go ahead. Let me ask you this, E. Uh, Two things. One, that uh, I want to digress back to the to the, uh, you know, you said you'd add, you, you would talk to Colin Kaepernick about the pig socks and you know about law enforcement. I think that the problem that we that a lot of African Americans I know, uh, minorities in general, but it, uh, specifically African Americans, I think the problem that we have e is not the fact that we don't think that there uh, that there are good cops out there. It's just that the good cops don't police the bad ones. Mm-hmm. There's been so many videos that we've seen on numerous occasions. Let's just think about the last time that remember the young man in Baltimore where there's two African American cops yeah. and one African and the one African American cop start beating up on the African American man, just start beating him up, breaking his ribs, and the other cop just stood there. And so that's the problem that I have. I I I, I listen. I fully support. Law enforcement officials. I seen uh, uh, every time I see a police officer, I, uh, police officer, excuse me, I tell them, "Thank you for your oh, service." God. I don't think they get told that a lot, but I tell them, "Thank you for your service." But you know, on the flip side of that, we, you know, we we sit back and we watch all these videos and social and, and see all these things on social media where there's numerous amount of cops, and they and and the and the good ones. Don't police the bad ones, which throws them right into it as being bad as well. You remember the incident in Miami where the police officer was uh, had had a young man down and was handcuffing him, and another one took a running start kicked and kicked him in the face. face like he was kicking a field goal. Mm-hmm. And if that hadn't have been, if that hadn't have been video and somebody catching that then that cop would have just been able to get away with it and said, well, he was resisting arrest. And mm-hmm. so that's my question. And, and, and I, and, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Colin probably would have answered it that way as well. It's like, 
Well, what? Well, when are the good cops gonna start policing the bad cops? And I think, uh, and I, you know, we ain't we ain't cops, man. You know, I was, you know, I was in the army. You you did your thing, you know, in the army as well. So I can't, you know, we weren't MPs, so I can't, you know, I can't answer that question. But you know, that's a very good point, and I I didn't think about it like that. So that's one of the things I like about the show, man. Sports sports business, man. We we sit there and bounce ideas off each other, and we like to sit there and just kind of, uh, you know, hear hear other things because. Just because you and I got this show together don't mean that we're going to agree on 100% of everything, man. You feel me? And that's not what the show said. Exactly. Because the moment you and I sit and start agreeing on 100% of everything we're talking about, we lie to the folks, man. We lie, we lie to the people, man. So if we don't have some things that we disagree on, man, we're not doing no type of service to the people out there. And I, as far as I'm concerned, we are the people. And we are two dudes, two regular dudes, man. So, you know, like you said, that that's a good question. I didn't even think about it like that, like, you do now, see and, that. And here's a, yeah, here's another thing, though, E, that I want to ask. You know, so the police, a lot of these police officers uh, uh, refuse now. Now, they're walking away from a lot of these teams. I think it was a Cleveland. It happened in Cleveland. If I'm not mistaken, it happened in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, they're like, well, you know, if they take a knee in protest, then we're not going to, you know, secure them or we're not going to do uh, – we, we won't be part of the team. I guess my question would be is, it's like so. Instead of sitting down talking to them, trying to find out what's going on, instead of talking to these NFL players and these organizations about why are you protesting, and you know we're not that way, and we understand your protest um, for some things, but instead of sitting down talking about it, they turn their backs and they walk away. And I'm saying to myself, at some point, somebody has to be the bigger person. Well, all leads back to it, man, and, and that's a that's a very good point because I thought about that as well. How come ain't nobody sitting down? Now, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, the NFL announced last year that they had, uh, they had announced that they were going to be donating $100 million to different type of commu- different type of um, industries that kind of commu- uh, bring up awareness about social injustice, police brutality, um, all these different hot topics that are kind of the, that are in the spotlight of the national spotlight right now. So my question is, where did this money go? Because I haven't seen anything since they announced it. I was like halfway through the season. I haven't seen not one dime or one announcement saying that, hey, we're going to try to get, you know, the police officers to come sit with the players and kind of chop it up. It may be happening at a local level where it's not just being publicized. And, you know, kudos to them. Everything don't need to be on social media. Everything don't need to be in front of a camera phone. So these conversations may be happening. It's just you don't know. You feel me? So... You know, it, it's, it's, it's a sticky situation, but, you know, going back to this Nike and Colin Kaepernick thing, I think we're going to wrap it up on this first segment, man. But the fact of the matter is this, man, to everybody that's out there burning their stuff, you already, Nike's not worried about you, man. You already sat there and ran your debit card, you sat there and gave your little change over there. That's fine and dandy. They're cool. You know, I don't think Nike was really tripping off of when LeBron James left Cleveland. They had to take that big old Cleveland sign down, you know, and the show must go on, so... You know, and the and, and, and I thought about this too, man. We brought up a good point. Back in 2003, when Nike bought out Converse because they wanted the copyright uh, copyrights to King James, you also got to think about yep. that draft class. You had Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron James. And I get, guess guess what? All four of the players were signed to Nike. Yeah, and that's and, you know, and that's what I said today on the show is that a lot of people don't realize that the reason why. Nike bought Converse was because 
you know, they wanted that King James name. King uh, LeBron James wouldn't sign with them. And, you know, that, that caused a big uproar as well. There were a lot of people, a lot of old school people, a lot of skaters as well that, like, you're selling out to the, you know, big conglomerate. You're selling out to, you know, Nike. And they was like, well, we don't care because I think, what did Nike pay? 300 and something billion, million dollars for them or something like that? And they paid, they, the first contract LeBron James signed was 10 years for 100 million. Yeah, first, and now look at him. Look how look how popular Converse has come back around to be. But not only that, Michael Jordan's in the done collaboration with Converse that people don't even know about because when he was at UNC, he was wearing Converse. So it all everything comes back in a full circle, man. But um, you know, hey, it, hey Eric, hold on one more thing too. I wanted to say this. Hey, listen, uh, if you own a pair of ten and a half uh Air Force, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, ten and a half uh uh, Air, uh not Air Force ones, Michael Jordan. The ones, the retro ones, the Derek G, the, the Derek Jeter ones, like those. I need those Derek Jeter ones, not just any regular, uh, retro not ones. the regular ones. <laughs> you, you, man, have you seen those Derek Jeter ones? First of all, they're expensive, second yes, of all, yes. they are clean. Yes, I am a shoe connoisseur, man, so I definitely know exactly what you're talking about, Brody. So, uh, <laughs> yes, if you can help out my mind, BB, you know, I got a couple of plugs, but you know, when it comes to that elite exclusive stuff, man, ugh, yeah, man, it ain't. Hey, it ain't easy, bro. It ain't easy. Trust me. You, bro. It, it ain't easy. Hey, but moving on, man, we're going we gonna to get off the topic of off-the-field issues, and we're going to get on the field and start talking about some on-the-field issues, man. So uh, I believe you texted me, really. So we're on the two different time zones. So one thing unique about myself and Mr. BB, man, we talk almost 24-7. It ain't no exactly. sleeping, man. I get a text message mm-hmm. Saturday morning, man. I'm trying to enjoy the three-day weekend. BB got his folks in town. You know, Mama Bear, it was his birthday. It was her birthday, so shout out to my deuce. You know, many more to come out there, man. But uh, BB texted me about 5.30 in the morning. I said, what's this man talking about? I'm trying to sleep in, man. He said, the Raiders are so dumb, and I quote. And I, it, 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 the crazy thing about it was I already knew where this was going. I knew <laughs> where this was going. So when you said the Raiders are so dumb, it was checkmate. I already knew what was going. I already needed. I just needed to know where Khalil Mack was going. It wasn't a matter what was taking place. I already knew Khalil Mack was on the move. I just needed to know where it was going. And he looked like he got ended up trading to the Chicago Bears for about two first round draft picks, a fifth rounder, and I believe another second rounder. So, um, uh, yeah. So I got you know I, I wasn't surprised, and I, I and I've been I was thinking about this this whole time when Khalil Mack had been holding out. There's been scuttlebutt that, uh, you know, John Gruden didn't even bother picking up the phone to call this man since John Gruden has been announced as a coach of the Oakland Raiders. So that already to me knew that uh, it wasn't going to be a good opening dialogue or anything. And the fact that they couldn't even try to get this man into a deal kind of did surprise me. I, I wasn't surprised. Um, a lot of what people seem to forget is um, NFL contracts come from escrow money. Which means if you ain't got no escrow money, you ain't got no money at all. And the Raiders right now are like MC Hammer broke. Um, they broke, man. Um, they spent a lot of money getting cats like Jordy Nelson in, Doug Martin, and they're gambling on these older veterans to take them to the pro- – I don't even know if it's the promised land to make them relevant. They had a good season, I believe, two years ago before Derek Carr got hurt and uh, blew out. I think he broke his leg. He broke his leg. Broke his leg, and they made it to that one playoff series season. And uh, I believe they played. They played the Houston Texans, if I'm not mistaken. They played the Texans. Mm. Um, it's 2016. Yeah. Um, so 
I don't know if that they're trying to make them into more of a relevant team again, or what, what's the, what's the, I don't know what the agenda is, but the fact that they moved Khalil Mack over, I wasn't really, I wasn't, it didn't really set my mind as, it made me think about one player in particular, Mr. Omari Cooper, who can't come off the books as of, I believe, next year, because he's still on that rookie contract. Is He should be right, he should be opening his eyes, seeing what's about to end up, this could be him if he doesn't want to get with the program. So um, people ask me, you know, how I felt about it, man. One, the Raiders ain't got no money. So there was just no way after they saw what Aaron, Aaron Donald just got 12 hours before they announced the trade, they already knew it was checkmate then. You know, the Raiders got so many problems right now that it's not even funny, man. You got uh, the Las Vegas Stadium's not open until 2020, and the Raiders' last, their lease expires at the end of this 2018 season. So now there's this whole limbo of what's about to end up happening in 2019 of where they're going to play. So you really think they're worried about trying to pay for a little Mac right now when they don't even have a home to play football games in right now, man? So it's not a surprising thing. But, however, on the, if there is any type of silver lining or if there's a you know, hindsight, they did get a lot of draft picks. And this is a good way to kind of establish the market here in Las Vegas. They can use a lot of those draft picks. Um, in fact, the draft picks are going to be some of the first draft picks that they can use here when they move to Vegas. So, you know, they did get a whole lot of draft picks, but when you're out here trading away a dude who is the only player in NFL history to make all pro in two different positions in the same year and just won the defensive player uh, a year, two years ago, man, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, bro. But what you think of it? Wait, 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 wait a minute, E. Hold on now. There's a guy that plays right off down here, right off of 6'10". And South, uh, 610 and Kirby <laughs> that did the exact same thing. JJ Watt did the exact same thing. JJ Watt did it first. He made all pro at two positions in, in defense player of the year. In the same season? Khalil. Huh? In the same season? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, there you have it. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, well, hold on. Take that back. I take that back. I don't know about the defensive player of the year in the same season. So don't quote me on that. I'm going to have to do a little research. You got to go back. And I will get back with you on that. So I I, I don't know about the you, – you may be right. I don't know about the defensive player of the year. I do know that J.J. Watt was all pro at two positions, though, okay. one year. Okay. And okay. I think it may have been that year that the, his second year he had 20 sacks in one season. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so that, may, that may be that. But what do so you think of the trade, Mack, man? Though, I, yeah. So I, I look at it like this. First of all, let me look at it. Let, let me get away from uh, uh, Chucky, which is what I call Gruden. Mm-hmm. Let me get away from Chucky and, and, and the Oakland Raiders for a second and move over to the Bears. What it did was the one person that should have been dancing around the house in their underwear, sliding through the living room like Tom Cruise <laughs> on, uh, I forgot what movie that was. But, Top Gun. Uh, I think huh? it was Top Gun. No, it was a like he was a bastard. You know, he's playing the music he had on. Oh man, t-shirt. yeah, I know exactly. I'm looking dead at the scene of the, the scene of the movie right now, sliding across that I room, can't even... the living room. I'm gonna tell you who should have been doing that. Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky is the biggest winner hmm. from this whole Khalil Mack trade. You think so? And I'm gonna tell you why. Ooh. Oh, of okay, okay. Because think about this. I'm I'm gonna name you the three players on that side of the ball now. Mitchell, I mean, the, the Chicago Bears already had uh, Leonard Floyd, who came out of Georgia. They got Roquan Smith, mm-hmm. who came out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Those two players, those two defensive players, they're monsters. Roquan Smith oh, yeah. uh, enhances any defense he comes for on. Sure, for sure. And Leonard Floyd is no, is no slouch coming off that end. 
Mm-hmm. And now you add Khalil Mack to that to that to that front line with Roquan Smith playing right there in the middle. Yeah. Like that's going to, you know, that's going to help Mitchell Trubisky out a ton. Because now Mitchell Trubisky can go out and make a mistake and the Chicago and the Chicago defense can come right back and help him by getting the ball back or stopping them. It, it's gonna look eventually. If they keep that team together, they're going to look just like what the Ravens used to do when uh, – who was their quarterback? Uh, Trent Dilfer. When they had Trent Dilfer. Do you know that the that the Ravens only gave up nine points a game that season? The nine Ravens, points yeah. a game. Mm-hmm. So, the yeah, the Ravens only gave up that. So, if you look at it, now Mitchell Trubisky can go out, and if he makes a mistake, he ain't got to worry about nothing. He'd be like, oh, my defense will give me the ball back because they are potent right now. Chicago Bears, I give them uh, a huge, a huge two thumbs up for what they did. And it put the rest of the NFC Central on notice because now, uh, Brett Favre, you're not going to be able to just run all over the, the Chicago Bears because, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, what, who did I say? Brett Favre. <laughs> Dang, I'm tripping. Aaron Rodgers, you're not gonna. I'm, I'm tripping. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, you're not gonna be able to just run over and, and do what you want to do to the Chicago Bears because you know they got a good defense now. Matt Stafford has always been like, uh, he's always underachieved, even though they gave him that big contract. Ooh, and chips. uh so yeah, so who do you have in that division? You have the Packers, you have the Lions, and you have uh, the Bears, and it's one more team that I'm missing. The Packers. Packers, Bears, Lions, and the uh, Packers, Bears, Lions. See, uh, I cannot think of who's the other team Minnesota in that division. Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. Um, Vikings. Yes. Yeah. So that's going to that's going to be a good game, uh, defensive game when they play this year. So um, Khalil, Khalil Mack going to the Bears was great. I think still they're still the fourth best team. I think uh, with uh, Kirk Cousins going to Minnesota. I think they still are the. I, I would say I would say like this: if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are healthy, I would. You can't you can't you can't sit there and say they're anything under the the best team in the, uh, that North Division. You got to put the Vikings right there. At the end of the day, man, I still think the Bears are the fourth best team in that division. It does make them a little bit more relevant, and I think the three the other three teams when they're looking at the Bears coming up on that Sunday or Thursday, they got to look at it like, oh man, we can't sit here and sleep on these boys yet. Um, I thought that. Um, you said Mitchell Trubisky was the guy who's going to benefit off of it the most. I was thinking more of Roquan Smith um, was going to be able to benefit out of anybody off that trade. But, um, you know, um, just being the fact that he's a rookie, he's going to have more. He's going to be able to do a lot more. The camera's going to be on him more than anybody else because he's going to have Mac on that one end and Floyd on that other end, and they're just going to create a whole bunch of havoc where – the middle is going to be on lockdown where Roquan Smith is going to be able to do whatever he wants to do out there. But uh, I think the Bears, it's a, I, I think the Bears right today, September 4, 2018, the Bears won the trade. If the Raiders know what they're doing, and I'm going to be honest with you, these draft picks that they've had the last couple of years, and I'm about to go to the iPad right now, dog, but uh, they've been terrible. Well, like, well, I'm going well, to the iPad. Why, why are you doing that? Why are you going to the iPad to uh, to do some research right quick? Let me say this uh, on the flip side about the Raiders. Well, one, I, I've been on record by saying that the Browns will have more wins than the Raiders, the Jets, and the Bills. But the Browns are going to win more game, more games than the Raiders because if you look at it now, the Raiders have become the oldest team in the league. Like oh, they're definitely. super duper old now. 
you go out and you get an AJ McCarron, who is the by far the best thing about AJ McCarron. Or you go get a backup quarterback in AJ McCarron, and the best thing about him is is that he said I do to a beautiful woman. Like the best, yeah. the only people people only remember AJ McCarron because of Brett Musburger's uh, comment about his now his, his then girlfriend now wife. Yeah, you go out and you get a, a Brandon LaFell who could who's serviceable. But what else can he do, man? Marshawn, because Marshawn is not going to Vegas, right? When they move, no, he's he, not going to Vegas. He's, no, he's staying. Yeah, he's done. So, and that's another thing I want to bring up, man. Like, not only did they do a lot of just questionable moves, you didn't even bring up that Martavis Bryant just got cut after they traded a fifth round draft pick on draft day. You know, so they cut him because they thought he was going to get a suspension. So I'm like John Gruden, like, did y'all not do y'all homework on this dude? Martavis Bryant was suspended in 2016. And he barely just got back and started playing this year, not to mention he was getting outdone by Juju Smith-Schuster, which ended up making him be available for a trade. So the, 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 the moves that the Raiders have been making the past few years have been interesting. But like I said, I'm going to the iPad, man. I just want to bring up, I would say, the last 10 draft picks that the Raiders have had made. So we're not going to talk about 07 Jamarcus Russell because we are every, I mean, people over there in Ethiopia or somewhere else like that already understand what happened. Um, 2008 was Darren McFadden. I mean, that didn't really pan out too well. I think he only had a one a one year where he had a thousand yard rushing. Uh, 2009 was Darius Hayward Bay. I think he plays for the Steelers still. Um, he hasn't panned out. 2010 was Ronaldo McLean from Alabama. He ain't even in the league no more. 2011, 2012, they didn't get a draft pick. 2013, DJ Hayden was a disappointment. I think he's in Detroit now. Uh, 2014 Came from Houston, yeah. yeah. That kid's from Houston, yeah. And he had that um, open heart surgery, so they took a, tr- a, a big risk on him. 2014 was Khalil Mack, 15 was uh, Amari Cooper, 16 was Carl Joseph. Last year was uh, Gary on Clooney, who didn't even play last year because the dude talking about he got shin splits. And then this year they got Colton Miller, who supposedly is going to be the new left tackle that uh, is replacing Donald Penn because Donald Penn's moving on the right side. So, yes, they got a whole bunch of draft picks, but as you can see. It hasn't been until, what, 2016, 2017 that they had, you know, somewhat of a notable name draft pick. So I don't know what their intentions are. Um, it'll be very, very interesting. I definitely think that the Chiefs, Broncos, and Chargers are far more superior than the Raiders in that AFC West division. And I, you went on them saying that the Browns are going to get more wins than the Raiders. I, I think I have the Raiders at like four to five wins. They're going to get a couple of them, but I don't think that they're going to be a, uh, a in-your-face team. I don't know. I don't think Jordan Nelson has anything left over, and I was personally surprised that they didn't go reach out and try to get in the phone call to Dez Bryant. I was very... While you got, while you got the iPad out, Eric, uh, let me ask you a question. Those two first-round draft picks that they get is in 2019, correct? 2019, the other one's in 2020. Okay, so they're gonna get so they're still gonna be they're still gonna have two first round draft picks because it's gonna be their mm-hmm. pick. Well, yeah, they'll get their pick. Their mm-hmm. pick, and they're gonna get the the Bears pick. Now, I will say this, E. Let me say this, and you know, because I I listen, I think that the Raiders. I don't think they. First of all, they shouldn't hire John Gruden. That's the first thing. They gave him too much money, and if he really wanted to uh, to keep him. He would have found a way to keep Khalil Mack, and he would have restructured his own contract. But that's neither here nor there. What I will say is this: if there is a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, Clemson has four defensive linemen that are, are slated to go in the first round this year. They their four down linemen 
is some of is like the best front four in college football. I heard about that. So they may be able if they can't get one of if they can't, you know, get two of the four, then maybe they can at least get one from Clemson and one from Alabama. Yeah, so I mean, we'll we'll see what ends up happening, but it's going to be definitely interesting, but uh yeah, man. Um I'm, you know, I I I didn't really like the John Gruden uh pickup. I think it was more of a PR stunt, you know. That, you know, they need something that they can get the Las Vegas crowd hyped up about, you know, with them moving out here. And I guess John Gruden is supposed to be the the the, the, the savior. But I, I don't see it happening. You got to have players that, you know, want to win. And I just don't see that in the Raiders right now. You know, this I, I think like this is a make it or break it year for Amari Cooper. Derek Carr need to bounce back and show some type of consistency. Bro, them DBs, man, the DBs are probably the, some of the worst DBs I've seen in a long time, man. Uh, they were able to get – um. Who is y'all free safety out of Houston? Uh, uh, the free safety uh, from Houston. I'm drawing a blank on it. I think it was uh, Gibson. Gibson, I think it's. Uh, I don't remember. But they, I, I, I'm be totally yeah. honest with you. I don't. I don't even remember. And, and, and yeah, I just don't see the. Uh, I don't see the Raiders getting any top-notch free agency. either. nobody's going to want to play for Gruden, man. No. And nobody wants to play for Gruden. He's past his time. And look, I, I also say this. I said this the other day, and I'm going to say this again. I'm going to tell you where Gruden messed up. His very first move he made when he first got to Oakland. The very first move he made was cutting Marquette King. Why? Why are you cutting the punter who was a second-team All-Pro at one point and who was, uh, I think, uh, 2016? I think he was a second-team All-Pro, and then he led the led the league in, like, whatever pun statistic that they mm-hmm. used. He was the best he was punter. The best he was the best punter that year. Yeah, so – you get rid of him because you're like, we don't take those type of antics that he does. Well, at what point, John Gruden, did you not realize that special teams and punting is an intricate part of the game? Field position is part of the game. If you got a good uh, punter that's putting these, that, that's pinning these teams inside their own 15 and inside their own 10, like field position plays a major part in offensive and defensive calls. So Especially you when you got a flaky defense the way the Raiders got right now. Um, I don't, I don't, I, the Marquis King thing was kind of baffling that he just up and just cut him. I, I didn't really understand it, but I mean, hey, it is what it is. You know, John Green, really fine. You, you know, every, every coach has their own method, but at the end of the day, man, you know, you can't, uh, you can't think that you're uh, Vince Lombardi out here running a 4-4 defense, and you're going to sit there and run the wishbone wishbone formation and think that it's going to be cool like that, man. It just ain't going to work like that. But um, the new free safety that they ended up acquiring was Marquis Gilchrist that came from Houston last year. Ah, uh, okay, Gilchrist, yeah. I'm trying to, you know, trying to stay as accurate as I possibly can. But, um, yeah, man, like, I, I just don't know what the John Gruden pickup's going to be. Um, it'll be very interesting. Uh, I Bro, like I, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I just don't know. As a diehard Raider fan, uh, it'll just be very, very interesting in what's about to take place, man. But uh, I, I, you know, the first, the first initial for me, I wasn't shocked at all. And uh, Bill Callahan, who replaced John Gruden in 2002, the year after they went to the Super Bowl, they had a terrible loss, terrible loss. And he was very, very famous for sitting there saying, "We got to be the stupidest team in America." Well. About 14, 15 years later, man, it don't look like the Raiders have learned their lesson. So they've been somewhat of a laughing stock in the NFL, and it's just one of those quiet kept secrets that, uh, you know, the Raiders are still the Raiders. But, you know, thank God we got the Browns to kind of cover up the Raiders' holes and their cheese. But, um, you know, we're going to die.
about the NFL, man. As you know, week one's coming up. But, uh, you know, we did come across this past week, and Labor Day weekend's always been like a, you know, kind of like a, the, the, the ceremonial opening for football season. So we had a lot of college football games that came on this weekend, man. And, uh, you know, if I had to ask you, BB, what was your biggest takeaway from the college football games this weekend? If you had one team that kind of surprised you, man, who was it, man? Uh, if it Auburn, mm, okay. nope, nope. Well, I, I would say, uh, yeah, Auburn. I wasn't surprised by what LSU did, and I wasn't, I, I wasn't surprised by what LSU did. But Auburn really surprised me. They they showed me a lot this past. Week. Okay, okay. So uh, you say Auburn. I was actually gonna hit you with this one. Notre Dame surprised me out of all teams, um, just because Brian Kelly team for some reason have not been able to perform under the pressure or the, when the lights come on the brightest. They don't. They kind of fold like some WWE folding chairs, man. So I thought uh, Notre Dame a showed out. I thought um, uh, 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 the team I played last night, Clint, uh, Virginia Tech showed out as well. And then um, uh, who's the other team? I, I had Auburn there as well. And then uh, let me see the team that Miami just lost to over the weekend as LSU. well. LSU. LSU. So those are my top three. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know why LSU was ranked top uh, twenty-five out of all the teams, man. That that didn't make no sense to me. But uh, I would say them four teams because if you look at the scheduling, everybody else, Clemson, they had a pop tart team they played against. Alabama played against um, Louisville. USC played UNLV. So there was a lot of you know, you know the whole kind of like a preseason game, but the actual teams that went up and bucked up against each other, man, though I was definitely surprised by uh, 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 Notre Dame because, uh, you know, with Harbaugh being on a hot seat, man, I thought that uh, I thought Michigan would have came out and did a little bit better than what they showed out, man. But that was, that was just terrible. And, and Notre Dame just played and just beat them in all different aspects of the game, which leads me back to Jim Harbaugh, man. What, what you think about him, man? You think he's going to be able to make the season? If you got to name one coach in college football, man, who do you think he's going to be? That's on the hot seat. Uh, Tom Herman, actually. Ooh, from Texas? I do. I honestly think that Tom Herman, yeah, at, at, at the University of Texas, hmm. I think that Tom Herman is going to be on the hot seat. And I say that is because you look at it like this. Uh, Maryland is 2-22 and 22 versus, in a, two and 22 in the last 24 games against ranked teams. Mm-hmm. Those two wins came uh, against Texas mm-hmm. last year and uh, in, in Texas. This year, so last year they beat them 51 41. This year they beat them 34 29. And so, Texas, the last four times they've been ranked, they have lost the games. They have they're, they're 0 and 4 at being a ranked team. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know what it is about Tom Herman that he's a, he's a great recruiter, but it just doesn't seem like he gets the best out of his teams. Is this Herman's second year or first year? This is second year, okay? Okay, because uh, last year he went seven and six. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a UT fan, and I'm a UT fan, so I follow UT very closely, and I just don't see it. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I want to see, you know, three years, just like they gave Charlie Strong mm-hmm. uh, uh, last time he was here. And I don't know who else that they could have got. They went after Nick Saban, but they didn't have enough money. Uh, they didn't have enough money to get Nick Saban. But I say that Tom Herman is on the hot seat. When I look at Jim Harbaugh, I think of, how what what uh Smokey said <laughs> in Friday to Craig y'all ain't never got two things that match. Yeah. He'll get a great defense, but he don't then he don't have a quarterback. Now he has a quarterback and his defense looks so suspect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that defense looked terrible the other night against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And how do you get out coached by Brian Kelly? Right, yeah, exactly. Like, out of all people. 
at him, yeah. right? Is is did Brian Kelly was he the one that lied on his application? Not only did he lie on the application, like he had people that uh like a, a photographer that like died taking pictures and you know, he out here grabbing players on the camera, you know, doing the whole Bobby Knight type of antics. So Brian Kelly, yeah, he's he I don't know how he still has a job if you ask me. You know, ever since that whole debacle with the uh, national championship with Matt Titeo and whatnot, it's been it's just surprising that they 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 kept him on. But like you said, man, if Tom Herman goes, bro, like who you gonna get? You know, it's kind of like the Les Miles situation when they fired Les Miles, and they were sitting there shuffling around trying to get somebody until they finally got Ed Orjan. But you know, it ain't too many dudes that can come off the streets and be like, all right, I'm gonna coach UT. Like that's one of the hollow grounds of college football, and you ain't gonna find just a, a cat off the street that can take a job like that. But I would say Tom Herman's on is, is on the hot seat. I, I I had him on my list. I would say I'm gonna give you a kind of a sleeper, man. Willie Taggart, man. Willie Taggart, man. He 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 disappointed me yesterday. He leaves Oregon, comes all the way down to FSU, and lays a stinker like that last night, man. That uh, that's well, uh, that's not a good start. Uh, on- on my show today, man, I had a big game James Coleman. He's a former fullback for Florida State. And he talked about that because he was at the game last night. He covered the game last mm-hmm. night. And he made some uh, some very good points. And he, you know, he's like, it's going to take a little while for him to implement his offense. It's going to take a little while for his players to get used to his style. So, I mean, it was one game. I'm not going to put Willie Taggart on the hot seat after one game. But, I mean, then again, Willie Taggart is what does he do? Willie Taggart jumps team to team anyway, mm-hmm. man. If you go back and you look at, I think Willie Taggart has led four teams to the bowl game, four team to bowl games. I think he's only coached one. <laughs> I mean, because how many? How long was he at Oregon? He was only there for like right? three, two or three years at the most. Two, two or three years, but he he he'll jump he'll jump ship in a minute, right? You know, he's a stepping stone, and so I don't look at it like that. I'm gonna say that uh, I'm I'm gonna see what he's gonna do. I, I'll give him at least. Two seasons because you know they have they had a they have a pretty good recruiting class coming in the next two years mm-hmm. and Tom Herman does too. Tom Herman has uh, two good quarterbacks that's coming into UT mm-hmm. uh, in two, in 2019 and 2020, and so they got a kid here out of Lake Travis, um, Hudson Card, if I'm not mistaken, is his okay. name, and uh, he's a really he's a big kid, good kid, can play um, very well. But if they fired Tom Herman, I don't I. I because these big name coaches aren't leaving their, you're not going to get a Nick Saban, you're not going to get a Dabo Sweeney. I mean, and you know, even though I hate to say this, you're not going to get an Urban Meyer. Yeah, man. So I was, I was thinking about that, man. I was thinking maybe you can get uh, what you call it though. Maybe you can uh, pry James Franklin away from Penn State. I mean, because the way that they played the other day against Appalachian against State, Appalachian State, and they almost dropped that game. Maybe you can, you know, a couple of more subpar seasons like that. Plus. You got to go back and you look at it like this. The year that they were successful, the year that they were good, and I mean, like, uh, I want to say, was that two years ago? When they had the New Year's Six game? They had the bowl, they had one of the New Year's Six bowl games? Yeah, they were supposed, you know, they were being talked about to go into the national championship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, to the playoff, uh, uh, the FBS playoffs. Mm-hmm. But you know that they weren't going to allow them to go. And one of the reasons why – Excuse me. One of the reasons why was because uh, they didn't want they didn't want Penn State having to answer all the Sandusky and paternal mm-hmm. questions, mm-hmm. which is why I think that uh, I don't think that Ohio State is will make the fourteen playoff this year because there's going to be entirely too many questions that's going to come back around about Zach. Even if they run the table, so, even huh? if they run the table, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting because although Ohio State does travel well, it's like the NCAA, it, for as, you know, as hypocritical as they yes, are, yes. they still try to protect some things. And that's why I say the year Penn State didn't go, they should have went because uh, that year they beat – who did they beat? They beat did they beat Michigan that year? I think year? they beat Michigan and, and Ohio State. Yes, I think they did. And they did not get – uh, they did not get in, and that's the year we had Clemson versus uh, Alabama because we had them two years in a row. Yeah, well, three years technically. The two were just for national championship games. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And so James Franklin may be able to be pried away from Penn State. Yeah, because Texas is another in a, in a, in another in the Power Five conference. Yeah, man. So it, it, it's gonna be interesting, man. I think I think we do agree on that. I think I definitely thought Tom Herman. Um, I, I'm still going to leave Willie Taggart in there uh, in that little uh, bubble. And then also, uh, I, you know, I think another person that you got to keep your eye on is going to be Chip Kelly, man. You know, they, they laid a dud out here on Saturday and they got to go to Norman, Oklahoma this week and uh, play Oklahoma. So, you know, I've you know, keep... never been a Chip Kelly fan, bro. I have never, ever, ever been a Chip Kelly fan. Not when he was doing all that stuff in Oregon. I just don't like Chip Kelly, and and it and, and it heightened when he came into the NFL. And I'm saying to myself, how did this dude keep getting these chances when he is not a good coach? He said the same about uh, Lane Kiffin. He still he still gets these jobs left and right, and he all he do is catch L. So, you know, it's all the it's going to be interesting. Well, look, hey, we, we we should know that after looking at uh, what you call it, still keeps getting uh jobs. Uh, what's the guy's name that used to coach at USC that came drunk to the pep rally? Starcasian, Starcasian, something like that. Yes, then he became the offensive coordinator for one game for the uh, for one game for Alabama. I mean, for one what half a season for Alabama that long, and now he's with the Falcons. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's with the Falcons now as an offensive coordinator. So you know, I guess <laughs> I guess at the end of the day, the all Almighty W uh solves the thing. But hey, man, we are gonna go ahead. We are gonna do this last segment, man. We are gonna do the Big W dot com uh segment man and this is the thing where we just kind of go and go kind of go through uh certain uh you know regular takes and kind of go through the daily facts man but we got to tie it back to the first segment we talked about and i know we everyone's harping on it but i definitely got to get a big dummy.com award to anybody who you legitimately purchased a nike something with a nike slogan on it you decided to burn that burn it dude i'm giving y'all the big big dummy of the day.com award to you you mean to tell me that something that made you so mad that you want to spend your hard-earned money on that you're going to burn it? Man, I can tell you a thousand of things, different ways that you could have sat there and used that item, them shoes, the wristbands, the headbands, the clothes. Man, there's so many different ways that you could have sat there and made your voice a little bit louder. I know for a fact out here in Las Vegas, we got tons and tons and tons of homeless people out there, man. And you mean to tell them you couldn't have blessed somebody because you feel some type of way about this, the checks, oh, the check brand of Nike, the swoosh brand, to just do it, to sit there and just give somebody else, like, you know what, I can't stand it so much, but I'm going to go ahead and hook you up, bro. I know you need a pair of J's. I know you need to, you know, these 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 Sears Nikes that I'm wearing, the Air Monarchs, I'm going to give it to you instead, man. So I'm a, I'm a, that's that's my big dummy, the uh, big dummy.com award of the day, man. Any consumer that's out there and purchased Nike, that's out there and, uh, uh, burn, you know, burned it, and then also the dude, the special one, is the dude that sat there and lit his shoes on fire while he still had his shoes on his feet. BB, the man had his, <laughs> he still had his shoes on his feet and lit the things on fire and blew his feet up, dog. That's all I gotta say. Who you got today, man? 
Oh, of course, man. Listen, there's two people that I can always give <laughs> the, the com award to. One is by far Pete Carroll. <laughs> I, I don't even need a reason to give it to Pete Carroll. I can just give it to him and then think of a ton of reasons why. But my award goes to your president, number 45. <laughs> and I don't see why he keeps interjecting himself into things that are beneath him. And what I mean by beneath him is you're the leader of the free world. You are the commander in chief. You hold the highest office throughout the land. Why are you still getting the Twitter beefs? And why are you still talking about the NFL? And why are you still talking about the the the, the NFL and, and the players protesting? And you jumped in today. Now you're now your 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 latest target is Nike. And I understand you're playing to your base, and your base is, you know, one who Wants to see this country divided. I got it. I get it. You're playing to your base because you're trying to run another um, campaign uh, in for 2020. So why do you keep jumping? But why do you keep jumping into these things that shouldn't even bother you? You should be calling uh, uh, the secretary of education so we can get these standards back up mm-hmm. and help to get our and help to become one of the top leading countries in education which we're not right now you know you we, you mentioned it earlier we got a homeless problem we have a homeless veteran problem mm-hmm. we have a housing problem we have a, a economic problem there are many many things there are tons of things uh number 45 that you could be doing but yet you want to come out and you want to attack Colin Kaepernick and you want to attack the NFL and you want to talk about the players why like I'm thinking to myself like you're the president, don't you always got something to do? If you listen, if you can't think of nothing else to do, pick up the phone and call who's ever in charge of Antigua <laughs> and say, "Hey, what's going on over there?" Call somebody in Finland, uh, call somebody in Switzerland, maybe Australia. Pick up the phone and do some something else besides getting on your Twitter and talking about these players. So, yeah, so my BigDummy.com award goes to number four. <laughs> and I'm just going to let you close it out, man, just kind of piggyback off what you said, man. Every time I sit there and go on ESPN.com or something like that and I see President Trump on there commenting, I'm like, bro, don't you got the world to save or something like that? Don't, don't, don't you got something to be doing? So it's funny exactly. that you said it because every time I see this dude's name on ESPN.com, I'm like, bro, don't you got something else better to do? But, yeah, man, we're going to wrap this up. Hey, man, we're going to do this twice a week. Mondays and Wednesdays. So we're going to sit there Mondays, give you the Monday morning quarterback kind of thing where we're going to sit here and recap all the big time highlights off the college football games as well as the NFL Sunday games. Also leading into the Monday night football game. We got some we got some bangers coming out here, man. A couple of games to keep your eye on that New York Jacksonville Jaguar game, New York Giants Jacksonville Jaguar game. That is some must see TV right there. The uh, Cowboys and the uh, the Carolina Panthers, must-see TV right there. Going into that Monday night, hey, I'm not even going to lie. Check out uh, Ty Gurley and the Los Angeles Rams taking on Derek Carr and the new defense, Oakland Raiders, man. Um, Saturday, you got, um, like I said, UCLA against um, uh, Norman, uh, Oklahoma. So there's a lot of bangers coming out there. Thursday this week, got a- Thursday this week, we got the, the NFL season unveiling, man. You've got the uh, – the defending Philadelphia Eagles, you know, we, which Nick Foles we going to get against Atlanta. Man, they, they do Atlanta things, man. But, hey. Um, let, me call, let me call my upset real quick, E. I got the, uh, I got the Texans over the Patriots. Mm, 
Okay, I, I I could dig it like a shovel, man. I could dig that like a shovel, man. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Jacksonville against the New York Giants, man. It might not be an upset, but I, I I sense something about that Jacksonville defense, man. My man Ramsey out here been talking a lot of cash, so he's gonna have to bring up. He's gonna have to check, tighten up the chin straps, if you like to say, when he was playing at Galileo High School out there in uh, San Francisco, California. So uh, he need to tighten up the chin strap, bite on hard on that mouthpiece, because they gonna come after him and come across some crossing patterns, man. But hey, like I said, we do this every Monday every wednesday so hey like i said follow my man at bb how can can he hit you up man uh big star sports with a z on instagram and twitter and brian l bearfield uh big sarge on facebook all right all right like i said my name is eric compton aka mr compton you can find me at money compton at instagram and eric compton right here on facebook and uh be tuned out like i said Anybody out there, we definitely got the uh, social media for Sports Business Podcast uh, under construction. That'll be unveiling very, very soon. To everybody out there, man, God bless. We appreciate the love, support, and most of all, take care of each other, man. One love. All right, I'm out. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Sports Business. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. And I do have my co-host, my weekly regular co-host, my battle buddy, my brother from another mother, Mr. Brian Bearfield. Hey, Big Sarge reporting in for duty. All right, all right. You know, this is our, uh, we going, like we said, we're going to do our Sunday uh, pregame show this week. Um, it's going to be short and brief. And we're definitely, instead of y'all tuning in some of these networks, we thought we'd get two regular dudes and give some insight on what we're going to look out for today on uh, some of these uh, week one NFL games, man. But before we get into the nitty-gritty, man, hey, BB, let them know where they can find you at, man. You can find me at Big Star Sports with a Z on Instagram, man. Big Star Sports with a Z on Twitter. All right. And I'm Eric Compton. You can find me on Instagram at uh, Money Compton. You can find me on Facebook at... Eric Compton as well. Uh, like I said, we are under construction as far as getting our sports business, social media up and running. Hopefully we get that going in a couple of days. But hey, anyways, we're going to go ahead and get started with these week one games, man. Um, we got a couple of bangers out here. Um, it, the first one I'm really interested in this week uh, would be the 10 o'clock game that has Pittsburgh against Cleveland, man. Um, Cleveland is 1-31 in, in the last two seasons. And there's a lot of hype with Baker Mayfield, uh, the uh, uh, Landry Jones, uh, Jarvis Jarvis Landry coming actually um, to the Cleveland Browns, and as well as the whole Le'Veon Bell situation, man. What you think you got on that, bro? Uh, it's going to be a very interesting game without Le'Veon Bell and uh, James Conner. Although he's serviceable, although he's you know a good insert, he's no Le'Veon Bell. He he can't mm-hmm. do. He doesn't have all the intangibles. And a lot. Uh, what's being missed out is on uh, Cleveland actually has. A good defense. Miles Garrett is a beast, and he's the yes. number one. He was the number one uh, overall pick in the 2017 draft for a mm-hmm. reason, and so he's get he's just getting stronger and stronger. Uh, they got a good linebacker course, so it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how uh, Pittsburgh schemes for for Cleveland this game. Definitely, man, and I and I think yeah, like you said, I think Cleveland's defense will definitely keep them in the ball game, just like you said. Um, with Miles Garrett as the number one over on draft, draft pick, and I believe they got Jamie uh, J- 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 uh, – what's the guy's name from uh, that came from New, New England? Uh, Jamie Collins as well. Yeah. Um, they got they got a nice little couple of DBs uh, sitting back there too. So, yeah, um, 
I definitely think the Le'Veon Bell situation is going to be interesting. And like you say, James Conner is a serviceable running back, but he ain't no Le'Veon Bell, which means they're going to have to heavily rely on that passing game. And, uh, you know, I know they got Antonio Bryan and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, but, uh, you know, you can only pass the ball for so so long. So we'll, we'll, it'll be a very interesting game, man. I'm definitely interested in seeing how that ter- turns out. So, um, you know, I, I definitely think it's going to be a lot closer. And I think the Browns are going to, I don't know if they'll be a great team, but I think they're going to be a lot more competitive than they have the past two years. I definitely think the hype is real. Um, whoever starts the game, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, we'll it's, see what it is. Tyrod? Yeah, it's Tyrod. Yeah, so, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. I'm a, I like Tyrod Taylor um, personally. I think he hasn't gotten a fair, fair deal um, in some of the past uh, instances when he was over there in Buffalo. But uh, I'm, a Tyrod, I'm a Tyrod Taylor fan, man. Yeah, I am. I am as well. And with the addition, uh, we're getting Josh Gordon back. So I think that the the thing that has plagued the Cleveland Browns in the past is attitude. I don't think that they 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 didn't ever have the attitude that they could win. But coming in, um, uh, Hugh Jackson has them prepared and ready. I think that this year their attitude is we can win. We know we can win. And that's with the addition of Tyrod Taylor coming over there who led the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs last year. He has a winning mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, Jarvis Landry, I mean, we remember the, the tirade that he went off on in the wide receivers meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know he has the mentality. Miles Garrett has the mentality. And I want people to look out for there, – there's a dark horse on Cleveland's offense this year that people need to look say. out for. Nick Chubb. Okay. Yeah, yeah, from Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, he was very serviceable last year in the national championship game against Bama. And I did. I don't know if they announced, but is Josh Gordon playing today as well? He's supposed to play. Okay. They got him slated to play. Okay, so yeah, that's that's another guy that uh, I don't know if y'all did sat and picked y'all's fantasy football picks, but that's a guy I would definitely uh, keep in my back pocket, as uh, the old folks used to say. Uh, moving on to the next slate of games, man. We got Cincinnati against Indianapolis Colts, the Bengals. Um, I don't know what their what their whole motto is this year. You know, they're always that team that. Never gets over the hill, man. You know, they're always all, you know, a, a nine and seven team or a 10 and six team that usually gets bounced out of the first round of the playoffs. Um, Indianapolis, you know, Andrew Luck is coming back. They came out and said that, uh, you know, when he injured that shoulder a year or so ago, it was actually off of a snowboarding accident. So, uh, you know, it'd be definitely interesting to seeing these two games, man. I think I got, since Indy's at home, I'm going to go ahead and pick Indy, but uh, I'm not really too. This doesn't really have my attention personally. It, it It's going to be. <sighs> If, if there was any game for Andrew Luck to come back, it would be this one. Because although Cincinnati has a great defense, they're missing perfect. I think he's out for the first game. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, he, he wrecks havoc on, on anything he touches. And so uh, with Andrew Luck coming back, this is a good game to get him going. Again. Right. I don't know what Indianapolis offensive line is going to do, though. They have big issues, uh, excuse me, at the offensive line position. And so – I don't know. This is one of those pick 'em games. Yeah, I don't for trust, sure. and I don't trust on the offensive side for Cincinnati. I don't. For some reason, Andy Dalton and uh, AJ Green is the equivalent to is the AFC equivalent to Matt Ryan and uh, Julio Jones. Yes, uh, yes, yes, uh, yes. Or Quinn Torres, as I like to call him. Yeah, right, 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 <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, uh, and, and AJ Green, as as far as him putting up a whole bunch of points, uh, you know, putting up these great numbers. I mean. He hasn't got – I don't know if he's actually been that trans translucent star, man. So, you know, it'll be definitely interesting to see what they're going to do. Um, I would definitely say a player to look out for, maybe for Cincinnati, would be John Ross. 
Um, he kind of had somewhat of a good preseason. Um, the cat out of Washington who has blazing speed. I mean, if you put that, put him on that nine fly route, man, and he catches that ball, he gone. That, yeah. dude, that dude is gone. So it'll be definitely interesting to see what the, what this game is. But, you know, it doesn't have my eye. You know, it doesn't really have necessarily have my attention. Another game that's not really, you know, a lot of people, unless you're these diehard fans, would be the Tennessee-Miami game. Uh, the Titans with Marcus Mariota in Miami, um, the Dolphins. I mean, that's 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 another pick em game. Uh, I'd probably go with Tennessee just because they did go to the playoffs last year, and they do have somewhat of a good defense over there um, in Tennessee. Um, I'm kind of interested. I was a huge Marcus Mariota fan out there when he was in Oregon just because I'm a West Coast guy. But um, personally, I think he hasn't been – living up to the hype as about as as much as I'd like for him to be. Which what's your take on that, BB? Man, I don't know what I don't know what to say about uh about Mariota. And I liked him when he was at Oregon too. Mm-hmm. And even though he led them to the playoffs last year and then, you know, some uh, questionable calls against New England. It just seems like he I don't I don't know if, you know, maybe maybe Tennessee needs to go out and get Chip Kelly, even because I mean it ain't like he's really <laughs> doing nothing over at UCLA. Like, like yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. he got a day job, but it ain't really working out for him. So No, not at all. Maybe they need to bring him back. He's just he's I don't know, Marcus Mariota is underachieving. And mm-hmm. with Mike Vrabel coming in, I don't see him getting any better. So Yeah. I- with, with Mike Fravel being the defensive-minded coach as well. So, yeah, I don't know what to expect from Tennessee, man. And in Miami, I mean, it's always just going to be Miami, bro. You know, I don't know what Ryan Tannehill is going to bring to the table. Um, Jarvis Landry's no longer there. So, I, I don't know what – I mean, I think they're going to be the fourth – between them and the Jets, they're going to be a tie for the fourth-best team out there in, in the uh, AFC East, man. I mean, it yeah. is what it is, bro. Um, I, I think so. I think so as well. So, look, so uh, hold on. Recapping right quick. Who you got out of the uh, – so the Steelers and the Browns, I'm going with the Steelers. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going with the Steelers as well on that. Uh, um, Colts and uh, Bengals, who you got? I'm going to go with Indy since they at home, man. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with uh, the Bengals. Okay, okay, okay. So we're going – okay, we got and, that. And, and Tennessee and Miami, who you got? Come on, man, Tennessee, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Miami don't – now Miami does – there's nothing that Miami – brings to my attention. Um, not, not even the running back that replaced Jay Ajay. The reason why they got rid of Jay Ajay was because I can't think of the running back's name right now, but he's uh he's really good. He's really good. You talking about Kenyon Drake and Frank yeah. Gore, who's 35 years old? Well, not Frank. Well, well, of course we know not Frank Gore. Frank Gore looked like, look, and don't Frank Gore look like he got hard hands? Like, like Frank Frank Gore look like his hands like seasons, <laughs> like like you don't really want this problem. You better say I'm at all for a thousand yards at <laughs> all, bro. But uh, I think he was when he was playing with San Francisco. I think um, when he got on the other side of thirty years old, he said the reason why he was able to actually stay so fit and tough and and still staying relevant was because he was taking boxing or something like that out there in the city. So uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't want, I don't want no problems with Frank Gore. He, he's definitely somebody I'd like to have on my back when we when we go into our dark alley, bro. But I'm uh, taking Tennessee too, though. Yeah, 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 man. But uh, no, they 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 said that uh, like you said, Miami is definitely bank, uh, banking on Kenyon Drake, um, even though he split time with I believe Trent Richardson when they were in Alabama together. I believe he was he was there with Trent Richardson and then um, uh, Bo Scarborough and the boys. So I think. Uh, he's never been a four, a three down back, so it'll be very interesting that they're giving him the keys to the car. So we'll see what ends up happening. But I will say this: very these next two games, man, I think it has you and I's interest very, very well. Um, the next game I got on the slate is San Francisco against Minnesota. Um, BB, we talked about this a little bit on your show this past uh, Thursday about Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins, man. Um, you know the Niners uh, have a lot of hype this year with. Uh, 
Jimmy Garoppolo coming coming to the San Francisco 49ers last year in a trade um, with the New England Patriots. Um, what's your take on him, man? So I want. So here's the thing. I want to pick. I want to pick the Vikings with their defense. They have a good, you know, really good defense. And um, I want, you know, I say they got, you know, Kirk Cousins, he's a, a step up above Case Keenum. But be- to me, just barely a step up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with Dalvin Cook coming back and, you know, they got those wide receivers. They Stephon have, Diggs. Yeah. They, they ha- and Thielen. They yeah, have everything Thielen. that they need to win the game. But when we last seen them in the regular season game, we seen them getting destroyed by the Eagles uh, for one. And then for two, this is where I think that, you know, San Francisco may catch them off guard. It's easy. It's easy for those defensive backs to line up in front of Marquise Goodwin. It's hard for them to stay in front of him. Yeah, man. And uh, I'm personally going to go with Minnesota. I think they got a little bit, a lot to prove this year, just because you said they got blasted in the NFC Championship game. I mean, they got, I mean, the game was over at halftime, literally. Um, So, I think Minnesota has a little bit to prove, and that defense, when they do show up and put they tighten up them chin straps, they do play hard and they do play for something. Um, I think if I, I think they was riding too much off of that um, that missed tackle against the Saints in the a- NFC Divisional game, where uh, Stephon Diggs was able to take it to the house at the yeah. last minute. So I think they was riding on that, and I think a little bit of Lady Luck had ran out on their on their end, man. So I think they ran into a buzzsaw with the Eagles that year, but. Um, Hey, you know, hey, hey, Eric, don't ever let Bigger Sarge hear you say 13 seconds, okay? Because that will put him <laughs> in a uh, frenzy, and he's huge, and he'll choke, he'll choke both of us at the same time. That's yeah, man. Arms are. But I, yeah. I, 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 think that, I think you're right, though. The Vikings, plus Dalvin Cook is my uh, fancy football running back, so he better do something today. Yeah, and, and, and he was very serviceable the first. I think he played the first three or four games last yeah. year before he ended up tearing that ACL. But moving on to Jim, Jimmy G, man, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think – I I, I I don't know what to say about him. I think he played against – he had a Pop-Tart schedule last year when he picked up those five wins. A lot of those teams that, uh, you know, kind of chalked it up. I think the only team that may, you know, you could say that he actually played good was against Jacksonville. But even then, I think Jacksonville had already wrapped up everything they needed to do for their playoff season. So, um, I think they're, they're, they're overhyping him being the fact that he comes from the Bill Belichick slash uh, Tom Brady uh, bloodline. Um, if you look at some of these other quarterbacks and players that have come off of that, that, that tree line, they haven't panned out well for other teams. Um, first play that kind of comes into my mind would be Matt Castle. You know, so I, I don't know what to expect from them. Yes, Marquise, uh, Marcus Goodwin is a very good serviceable receiver, but he's not somebody that I would put in my uh, – He's not a top-tier receiver, if you ask me. Um, he could definitely uh, stretch the field a little bit. Pierre Garçon, he's not getting any younger. Uh, I feel like Pierre Garçon has been in the, uh, been in the uh, NFL since I was like an E2 in the Army. So <laughs> that was back in the 2008. So, yeah. You so, know, what, I, else is gonna, the, what else is going to hamper the uh, San Francisco going forward is that they lost Jaron McKinnon for yes, the year. Yes. So, yeah, that's, that's another thing. I don't – you know, with them missing out on Carlos Hyde, he's no longer there. Um, I think he's at Cleveland, as a matter of fact. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't uh, – yeah, I think I got Minnesota in this game, man. So yeah, me too. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Minnesota, man. All mm-hmm. right, so the, the next game we got, and I know this is near, very near and dear to your heart, is the Houston Texans against the New England Patriots. Um, side note, before I, uh, we go deep, in, deep into this game, yeah, my, like I said, my battle buddy, Mr. Brian Barefield, is a um, 
a member of the Pro Football Writers of, Asso- Writers of America Association. So um, if you haven't checked out Houston Style Magazine, check out the article that he put out um, about the Houston Texans, man. Um, he's, he's down there all the time. Um, checking them out. Uh, he was practically there the whole time during the training camp. So I know BB has had his eyes set in on this game for, oh, Lord, probably since training camp opened up, man. So oh, I'm going to let yeah. you have the floor, bro. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. I thank you for that. Uh, I look at – I think that the Texans are going to win this game. Um, this morning I put out an article about the five things to watch for, and the, and the last two things was the defense. And, you know, last year they, they uh, you know – Got nine quarterback hits on them. They got five sacks. Uh, Whitney Merciless strip sacked Tom Brady and went right into the arms of Davion Clowney, and he scored. And so with that defense giving them that trouble last year, they were one drive away from winning. And that's when they had, uh, you know, their former defensive coordinator, who is now the Tennessee Titans head coach, and Mike Vrabel. And Romeo Cornell was up in the booth. So now Romeo gets to come back. Last time Tom Brady remember facing the facing the Romeo Cornell defense, uh, they were ranked number one. And Tom Brady, and that was in the 2016 divisional playoff round. He under he, you know, threw two interceptions, had uh under 50 50 uh percent completion. So Romeo gives him trouble, but he know Romeo knows him. Romeo right. was there when he won three super you know he was there when Tom Brady won three Super Bowls so he knows how to to plan for him plus they have a strong front seven now the one thing that's going to hamper the Texans is Will Fuller is out so we don't know who's starting on the side on the other side of um of uh uh DeAndre Hopkins yeah 2017 all pro DeAndre Hopkins and Vincent Smith who is who they thought at one point was going to get cut from the Texans. Would now probably get a chance to see um, a lot of playing time. And he's out of Limestone College. I don't even know where that is, bro. Uh, you know what? We're gonna have to go to the iPad to figure out where that is, bro. Hey, gonna... hey, hey Eric. They, listen, I wonder if they gave up <laughs> their Nike contract like Liberty Union and all that. <laughs> nah, man, I, I, I don't think so. We Limestone College. I don't know if that's a D one or D one double A. So we're gonna have to definitely go to the iPad and uh, figure like, out where. Triple, triple D double threes or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So yeah, let, we'll we'll go to the iPad and uh, figure where that is, that is. Um, yeah. So you did put out a great, amazing piece. Shout out to uh, you putting uh, I got five on it. Nice little reference to the loonies out there in the <laughs> Bay Area. So I appreciate that. Appreciate um, but um, I I agree with you. I think Houston is a sleeper. I was speaking to somebody the other day, and uh, they asked me. If I had to pick a team in in the NFL, who was my pick? Who was my sleeper team? And uh, you know, I, I definitely said Houston. I said that, uh, 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 uh Lord, I'm uh, uh, Watson. I'm, I can't think of the man's first name right now. The quarterback, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Yes, thank you. Deshaun Watson was uh, an ACL away from actually uh, tearing up the NFL last year, and he actually did for the most part. And his breakout game was against the New England Patriots. So um, I think they have a lot to prove. Uh, and I think that this is the first time I can ever, 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 ever think of since the Houston Texans became a franchise that they got a legitimate bona fide stud sitting there throwing that rock around, uh, around the uh, field, man. I, I'm a huge I'm a huge believer. I love I love Watson. I think he's going to be a star. I think he's got bigger things to come. Um, is Braxton Miller still on the Texans? Actually, no. Braxton Miller got cut. He got picked up. He's on the uh, Philadelphia Eagles practice squad. Okay, because I thought he would be a nice guy, um, you know, and I'm glad you were able to bring that up because I would have said, you know, why don't you put him against the other side of uh, Nook Hopkins over there 
on the uh, other side for him to kind of clear up that space. But, uh, man, it's hard to go against the Patriots, man. When in doubt, you know, you sit there and always try to count them out, you know, and the, the, the question always is, is this the year that you start seeing uh, holes in their cheese uh, yeah. with the whole rift between the ownership, the coach, and Tom Brady? But uh, it looks like the uh, the snake oil man, uh, Mr. Guerrero, is looking like he's traveling with the team again. Um but, yeah, man, one thing that I never really could understand about the Patriots is their wide receiver core. You know, you got Julian Edelman out for the first four games this year. Um, I know they were able to, pick, able to pick up Cordell Patterson from the Raiders, but he's more of a special teams dude. So, I mean, you do have Gronk at the end of the day, but I, I, I don't know what to think of Robert Gronkowski this year, man, because, you know, he started talking about retirement, um, you know, so I don't know if his heart's fully in it. I would I would expect so, but um, – Man, it's hard to go against the Patriots, man. And but they did lose a lot with uh, with the with the defensive coordinator now becoming the head coach over at Detroit. Um, so I, I'm still gonna go with the Patriots, man, just because every time I can go against them, they seem to prove me wrong. So uh, yeah, until I'm further, going, I'm going to Texans, bro. Yeah, I, and I completely understand that, man. So. Uh, <laughs> We're going to move on to the next game. Another game that uh, kind of has my interest would be Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Uh, Tampa Bay, J- James Winston is not playing the first three games and possibly the fourth game as well because I believe the fourth game is on a Thursday night. Um, James Winston is also suspended. Um, that's another story for another time, how I feel about that, brother, man. Against the New, or- New Orleans Saints, man. Um, uh, what's your take on it, man? Uh, I just got New Orleans, man. I don't even know what else to say. When you got yeah. a quarter, when you got a quarterback that's fifteen hundred yards away from breaking the all-time uh, passing yards mark, in uh, Drew Brees, he's gonna pass Peyton Manning this year. When when you got when you anytime you got Drew Brees behind center, uh, coming back, uh, you know, with Alvin Kamara, and it's going and, and I think that they're gonna see what this guy, what this kid is really capable of, with Mark Ingram being out for the first four games. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, so he's yep. going to be able to carry the full load instead of having to split time. So, you know, like I said, anytime you got Drew Brees back there, and I don't, I, you know, the Buccaneers haven't shown me anything, even with uh, Jameis Winston, I would predict them to lose. Yeah, man, it's New Orleans, and I like New Orleans just because I'm gonna say there's Drew Brees, and they got Drew Brees, and Buccaneers don't. So I'll just mm-hmm. leave it at that. We're gonna move on to the next one because there's really nothing to. Uh, Kind of set my eyes on Drew Brees as a future Hall of Famer. I, I'm a huge fan of Alvin Kamara. Um, they got a nice little receiving core, and um, you know, I think I think they might be the best team, possibly in that in, in, in NFC South division, man. So plus, I, plus, I don't like going against people from New Orleans because you know them brothers yeah. right there. They love to fight. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I took a trip down to New Orleans for the first time this year, man. That's a whole different ball game, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah man. So yeah, shout out to my folks down in New Orleans, man. They, Bigger swords on your feet. <laughs> yeah, my boy Kendall Lincoln out there, man. They they, they some good peoples out there. So yeah. I, I love me some Nola, man. So uh, moving on, this is probably the second top tier game. I would second or third top tier game. Definitely my top five will be. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars against the New York Giants, man. There's a lot of hype with uh, Jalen Ramsey out there and uh, holding that defensive backs anchor. You got uh, that mean defensive front out there. Um, the offense is a little suspect, but they got this dude named Leonard Fournette, who's a bad brother, man. That joker can play some football, and he should have been going. He looked like he could have been playing football since he was about a sophomore at LSU, bro. Leonard Fournette <laughs> is a real deal, brother, man. I like him a lot. You got New York Giants, man. Uh, it's always hype over there in the Big Apple with uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, OBJ just sat there signing nice. He got paid. Um, I wish he'd let me hold a dollar and, you know, hook, hook us up with a little bit more funding on the show. Um, but, yeah, New York is going to be very, very interesting. But uh, who you got next to game, man? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take Jacksonville, man. Yeah. And for as much as I like the the you know the addition of uh, Saquon Barkley coming over to the New York Giants, and you know they got Odell Beckham Jr. back. Their offensive line is not good at all. So you know, and, and you know Eli is still in in the back. You know, is still calling the shots, and mm-hmm. and I don't just trust Eli like that. I, I never have, and so uh, and plus on the defensive side of the ball, I don't I don't see them being able to stop Leonard Fournette, just like you said, man. I've, I've been watching Leonard Fournette since he was in high school, man. And mm-hmm. His ninth grade year, he looked like he was already ready to come to the NFL. So with that, although they lost uh, – what's the guy's name out of uh, USC, the receiver that they lost? Marquis Lee. Yeah, they lost him, which was going to be their number one receiver. They just signed him to a, a, a contract extension as well. So as long as you got Blake Bortles, if you can get the Blake Bortles who played against – uh, Buffalo, and he wasn't bad against the Patriots either. You can get him being a good game manager, he'll be good. Now, on the other side of that ball, that defense, and, you know, everybody's going to focus on how good the cornerbacks are. Uh, I mean, how the defensive backfield with A.J. Boye, with um, uh, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Barry Church. But the who you have to really watch out for is the man-child in Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell mm-hmm. is disruptive, and he's so huge, brother. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as he comes off the ball, it, it takes almost a double team per play just to stop him. So, I just with that defensive loan, you know, they're going to be – I got Jacksonville winning this game. Yeah, man, and that, that Jacksonville defense, man, it, it, it ain't nothing to, to play with. Uh, Jalen Ramsey does walk the walk and talk the talk. Um, it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, how him and OBJ, they line up against each other. I'm, I mean, you could put them two on the camera, you know, just have a camera pan to them the whole game. And I'd watch that over the whole instead of the whole football game, man. But yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, man, uh, one thing about the the Giants has been is that that dog on offensive line. Yes, you do have Saquon Barkley, um, but at the same time, he needs he needs some holes to get opened up as yeah. well as uh, Eli Manning can't throw the ball on his back, you know. So it, the offensive line is going to be definitely uh, interested. Um, Eric Flowers, I know, I think that he was a first round draft pick for them. He has not panned out well for them on that blind side left tackle. Um, but like you said, um, Jacksonville, the only thing I do raise some questions is, and you brought up a good point, is Marquise Lee is gone. They let go of Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson last year. Um, I think one of them's in Dallas, and I forgot where the other one is. So that receiving core is going to be very, very interesting in what they're going to do. Uh, you know, Blake Waters is a great game manager. But um, I think I think the defense can do enough to, uh, you know, hold their own. And as long as the offense can produce, I would say anywhere between 24 to 24 points, man, that they, they should be able to get a nice little dub uh, going in and out. Uh, moving on, a couple other games just for uh, maintenance purposes. We want to talk about Buffalo, Buffalo Bills against the Baltimore Ravens today. Um, which what's your take on that, man? Uh, I got the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. So, you know, uh, they said that uh, Lamar Jackson is going to suit up as a number three quarterback. I don't know how RG3 is still the number two quarterback, but uh, hey, it, is, <laughs> it is what it is. So we'll yeah. move on. We'll move on. Uh game that kind of has my attention will be the Kansas City Chiefs against the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, they got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, actually, this is an official first season starting off as a quarterback. Um, I, I'm uh, in the L.A. Chargers. What you think about that now? I got I got the Chiefs um, with that uh, with the speed and wide receivers that they had because they picked up Sammy Watkins, right? Yeah, they got Sammy Watkins. Yeah, they got Sammy Watkins and they got uh, uh what's the little guy, fast guy Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill on the other side and mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Mahomes. I've watched Patrick Mahomes, you know, because he's out of Texas, out of state Texas. I watched him play when he played at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. I, I see them. Um, 
you know, I, I see them beating the Chargers. Plus, you know, Joy Bosa is out this yes. game. Yes, yes, he is out. And yeah. so that's going to take away a lot of the pressure that would have got to Mahomes. So I think that he's going to have time to be able to throw it to one of those track <laughs> track athletes that he yeah. has on the team. That yeah, that, that yeah. four by one team he got. So yeah, yeah. Plus, uh, they got Travis Kelsey. He's always a monster. Yeah, so, tra- yeah. And he got the nice moves on opening when he hit scores the ball too, man. I, yeah, I, he got a little bit of swag, man. So I, I rock with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a no bueno, man. Um, like you said, Joey Bosa's out. Um. You know the Chargers; they're always this 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 mystique kind of. We don't know what's going on with them, kind of team. So we'll see what ends up happening with them as the season pans out. But uh, for I, I would definitely say the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they just got a little bit more talent on the ball. Um, another game that uh, you know it's another it's another kind of doozer. I would say is the Seattle Seahawks against the Denver Broncos. Man, uh, the Legion of Boom is done. R.I.P. to the Legion of Boom of 2018. Um, one of my all-time favorite players, Cam Chancellor, he's, he's decided to hang it up. Uh, Richard Sherman has been shipped off to San Francisco. Um, Earl Thomas is like, he, he, you remember that episode of the Fresh Prince, man, the last episode where, you know, the whole family had kind of figured out where they was going to go. And Will Smith didn't really know what he was going to end up doing with his life. And, uh, everybody had left and he was just standing there in that living room with no furniture, man. Yeah. That's Earl <laughs> Thomas right there. <laughs> exactly. that, that's Michael Bennett is gone too. Yeah. Michael Bennett's gone. Um, K, I think KJ Wright's not even playing today. So they got, uh, the grip, one of the Griffin boys out there playing at the starting, uh, starting at the linebacker position, man, and uh, that's a truly inspirational story. The, the things that he's had to go through, and uh, literally playing the football, playing the fo- the game of football with just one hand, and just being able to dominate the way he is, and now he's 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 fulfilling his dream and uh, starting is just amazing. Um, Byron Maxwell, he's actually not playing as well, so um, I don't know how this 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 train wreck just just fumbled, just came off the wheels with Seattle, man. Uh, I thought they was going to be a team that was going to stick around for at least five to seven years, and they literally just – they got Pete broke. Pete Carroll, man. Pete Carroll, yeah. I've been saying for a long time, Pete Carroll is not – Pete Carroll is not a good coach, man. He's your, He can be your friend all day long, but he is not a good coach. And, you know, I've seen that since – he's just always had a bunch of talent. Even at USC, he had a bunch of talent, but he's not a coach. He's not yeah. a great coach. Yeah, so uh, – yeah, man. I and you know, at the end of the day, what always is gonna rub me the wrong way is this the Super Bowl where they had that they had the game one and all they had to do was just give the ball to Marshawn Lynch and it would have been curtains. But um I think he babies Russell Wilson a little bit too much where he doesn't you know, he doesn't hold him accountable. And uh kind of to give you a reference back to uh I hate to do this with basketball. It kind of reminds me of Steph Curry when Mark Jackson was the coach for the Warriors. You know, he was babying Steph Curry too much, and they, that that's the reason why they wasn't getting over the hill. Um, and instead, when Steve Kerr came down to the to the Bay Area, he he treated Steph Curry like he was any other player. And I think that's what that's what uh, Pete Carroll hasn't done is he hasn't done justice by babying Russell Wilson this whole time. But uh, you know, Denver moving on to the other side of the rock, uh, Denver. You know, they got Case Keenum that just got signed to that nice little contract. I mean, I guess uh, I guess anything over uh, over uh, Osweiler is better than what they yeah. got now. So. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking Denver in this game, and I'm going to tell you why. Look out for the number three wide receiver and rookie, Cortland Sutton, out of SMU. He okay. is going he, – he, that, that, that kid can play. And I was very upset that the Cowboys didn't pick him up when they had the opportunity to get him, and they did not pick him up knowing that they needed a wide receiver. But right. Cortland Sutton – on there with uh, with uh, uh, Demarius Thomas and um, what's the other uh, guy's name? The, Emmanuel the, Sanders. Yes, 
He uh, he's a a great complimentary third third wide receiver. And look for him to be within the next three years. He's going to be uh, in the top ten at wide receivers. All right, you hear that? You hear that? We, we gotta look out for that. Came straight from Big Sarge now. All right. <laughs> yeah. So the next game we got the Washington R's. I don't like to refer to them as the Redskins. Um, we got the Washington R's against the Arizona Cardinals um, playing. Uh, another game that I'm not really too too keen in on, key locked in on, is because you know the R's did pick up Alex Smith. You know that's fine and dandy. And uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I believe they got Sam Bradford start. Or, uh, yeah, Josh, Brad- Bradford starting. Yeah, but Josh Rosen is is waiting in the wings because we know how we know uh, Sam Bradford. He walk around with the medical patch, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> the yeah, caduceus. Yeah, yeah. He got the caduceus on his arm. Like, yeah, yeah I ain't gonna be here. He, I think he tell him when he come in, like, I'm not gonna be here long, bro. Yeah. Side, side note: Did you know that he was voted the best NFL golfer? Because really, yeah, he plays so much golf when he because he stays injured, and they gave him twenty million dollars. Lordy, 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 lordy. He better than uh, Tony Romo? He, he, uh, golfing? It? Yeah. Uh, Probably not now. Tony has improved his game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, David Johnson just got hooked up on a nice three-year deal. Uh, you know, he was out all of last year with that dislocated wrist. So, it'll be it'll be interesting to see him. I really like David Johnson's game. I, I love the all-purpose backs, the guys who can get out the backfield, run into the flats, Uh, you know, almost – practically get you 100, 100 yards receiving and 100 yards rushing the ball. So any one of them type of dudes, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, I love them all-purpose backs, man. Saquon Barkley's another one. Anybody who can get you that 100-100, give you that possibility. Le'Veon Bell be another one, but he's not playing. I just I just rock with those. And, uh, you know, and I'm a huge Larry Fitzgerald guy, man. I, I definitely – I mean, that's just a all-out professional dude, just stand-up guy. Uh you can't. There's nothing you can sit there and say anything bad about Larry Fitzgerald. So Christian long, Kirk, Christian Kirk, they're they're uh, uh, dude from Texas A&M, right? Got, yeah, out of A&M is going to be. Uh, he's going to be a change of pace back for them. Not 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 even. I mean, not only on the special teams, but I mean, he plays why he. They got him slated to play wide receiver, but he can he can come out. He's definitely coming out of the slot, but you can put him in the backfield as well. Yeah, he's an all. He's a nice little utility knife guy, uh, Swiss Army knife as they call him. He's definitely nice. Uh, I did see a little bit of him last year at Texas A and M, and the brother can ball out, man. Yeah. So the brother, the, the brother knows what he's doing. So uh, the other game that uh, you know we got to talk about would be America's team, the Dallas Cowboys against the Arizona Car, uh, not the Arizona Cardinals, Lord, uh, the Carolina Panthers, man. Uh, this year, uh, there's no Des Bryant, no Jason, Jason Witten. So this is the definitely the year that we will see what the Dallas Cowboys do. Um, Ezekiel Elliott does look like he's going to be playing for all the games this year. Um, he's not going to sit there and have that uh, suspension uh, looming over his head. Um, you know, uh, they did pick up Allen Hearns, Tavon Austin. Um, you know, I don't know if that receiving core is better than what they had last year, but okay. Um, and, you know, Cam Newton and uh, the Carolina Panthers, we'll see what ends up happening with them guys. But, uh, who you think you got in that game, man? So, my heart says Dallas. And for the longest time, I've been picking against them, picking against them, picking against them because I just don't trust Dak Prescott to be able to throw down the field. They've added some speedsters because they got the uh, the wide receiver out of Colorado State and Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my heart – my, I, I, I think I'm gonna still go with my heart, uh, just because you still got Cole Beasley serviceable. Anytime you got Ezekiel Elliott, I don't know what's gonna happen now that Travis Frederick is out for uh, a significant amount. Yeah, of time. yeah, and prayers so, go out to that man, dude. My thing is the leadership, though. Like, there's no leader when you, cause anytime you got two, 
two. You got Dak Prescott and you got Ezekiel Elliott that's supposed to be leading your team on the offensive side because we know Sean Lee on the other side is the leader. But you got those two. But, I mean, they walked around the beach this year with, with penis water guns. I don't trust that. I just yeah. don't like – that's just still too immature to me. I mean, you have Ezekiel Elliott still fresh. And so I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Dallas because I think that people are underestimating their defense. I think that their defense is going to be good. Uh, they don't have Randy Gregory. I just seen that come across the wire this morning that he made, he has, he had a relapse. Mm. So they're not going to have him for a while. Um, just like, you know, you heard about Martavis Bryant got his yeah, he face too, in the, yeah, he got your suspension. Yeah, yeah. So with the Cowboys, um, I think that, you know, that Zeke is going to, you know, Zeke is going to be an, uh, a problem for them. Uh, Cam Newton on the other side of the ball. Anytime you got him, you don't never know which Cam you're going to get. But, you know, I think that the, the Cowboys win this, but I, I don't see by three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Cowboys, man. I just – the weapons that Carolina has, besides Christian McCaffrey, um, they got they got rid of Kelvin Benjamin. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know what to expect from the, uh, the Panthers this year. Um, they're going to be somewhat of a interesting team to kind of look out for as far as seeing where the chips lay on the table and how they play out for them. So – I think Carolina, it'll be, you know, you kind of won't really tell what kind of team they are until probably after the after the month of September, man. But uh, yeah. moving on to the Sunday night game, man, this this one kind of breaks my heart to uh, kind of talk about would be the uh, the Chicago Bears against the Green Bay Packers, man. Uh, you know, everyone knows that Chicago was able to uh, be blessed and uh, was able to get the services of Khalil Mack for a nice little trade um, that, that just literally just made Chicago somewhat of a team to talk about. And then, obviously, you've got the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers and uh, the newly addition of Jimmy Graham over there and uh, Devontae Adams. Um, what's, what's your take on that game, man? I think I got Green Bay all day. You know, you, you never can go against Aaron Rodgers. I got Green Bay, too. Until the Bears learn to – they're going to have to learn to play with each other with uh, Roquan Smith, the rookie, mm-hmm. with Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack. They're going to have to all learn. Once they all learn to play together, which will probably be about game three or four, mm-hmm. then you have, that's the defense that you're going to have to watch out for. But I don't trust Mitchell Trubisky at all on the on, on the other side. I still can't believe that they took Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. That's confusing to me. So they don't have anything that scares me on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, I got the Packers. Yeah, man, just kind of pick back off what you said as far as uh... – the Chicago Bears picking up Mitch Trubisky over uh, Deshaun Watson. You know, Dabble Sweeney, I think, said it the best was um, they they this basically it's Sam Bowie of the draft, man. They slept on. It's like passing up Michael Jordan, bro. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so we're going to do one little bit of uh, housework before we uh, get dispersed on the show today. Uh, we're going to talk about this Thursday night game that took place, that the, the, the inaugural Thursday night Super Bowl win team that uh, usually kicks off the NFL season, man. We saw the Atlanta Falcons. Against the Philadelphia Eagles, the Battle of the Birds, on somewhat of I would say a doozer. Um, my beautiful fiance would probably say otherwise, since she is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, but uh, I thought it was somewhat of a doozer. I thought it was, it wasn't good defense. I would say it was just bad offense. What was your take on that team? On that game, man. I know you sat there on the show, um, gave some good good points on the game as far as uh, Matt Ryan depending on Julio Jones too much, bro. Uh, and, and the thing is, too, it's like it's crazy because he depends on him, but he doesn't get him the ball in the red zone. And, you know, and now the last, you know, year year in one game has a lot to do with uh, Steve Sarkeesian. But if you look at it, man, Matt Ryan has has had seven, four, seven, four thousand plus yard seasons from uh, 2011 to 2017. And he's averaged twenty seven point seven touchdowns 
in that time. But Julio has only averaged 6.1 touchdowns a year. And there's no possible way that you have a talent, a top five wide receiver Mm -hmm. like Julio Jones, and you can't get him the ball in the red zone. He only got three touchdowns last year. There's no possible way. Like, uh, DeAndre Hopkins had three touchdowns in one game. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what's going on. With that, with that offense, I don't know what's going on with Matt Ryan. They gave him that extension, but he still, it, he still hasn't gotten over the hump to me. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, and one more thing, and you know, Nick Foles. I, I said this on the show on on Thursday, on Friday. Nick Foles is a a short term fix, not a long term solution at all. You know, he and Nick Foles. Nick Foles knows that Carson Wentz, aka Prince Harry, is coming down. Um, he's coming down pretty soon. So, you know. Nick Foles, Nick Foles is doing what he's supposed to do. He's just sitting there holding down the floor, you know, trying to cover up all the water that's coming up from under the ground and just trying to do what he can do, man. Um, I really like some uh, Philadelphia's defense, bro. Like, I think that that's a, uh, they play good team ball. That's not a, that's not a defense where you can say that besides the defensive line, I would say that that defensive line is probably one of the best defensive lines in, in the game. You know, they were able to pick up Haloti Nada, uh, Michael Bennett. Um, they got Graham, uh, 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 Fletcher Cox is there. I mean, they got they got some studs right there playing on that uh, front row right there. So, um, I, but what, what tripped me out in the game was the the Falcons have probably one of the best receiving corps in the game as far as Muhammad Sanu, Calvin Ridley. I don't know where he was at uh, on Thursday. I don't know if he was still trying to uh, t- uh, touch in with his inner inner Nick Saban and uh, think about uh, whoever they played against on Saturday, but. Uh, I thought Calvin Ridley would have got more involved, and and that's kind of what's tripping me out about Matt Ryan is that yeah he does look for Julio too much, but like you said, when it comes down to the red zone, he ain't looking for him at all, and he's got all these other weapons. You know, you got um what's the guy the running back uh, Coleman and uh Devontae Freeman. Freeman. You got those two studs that are coming out of there. Um, you just got like four or five dudes that are legitimate bona fide dudes that can get that rock into the end zone, and he can't do it. I don't know if it's like a a mental block that he's got, but he's got so many doggone different ways of being able to do it. It's, it's just no excuse, man. And uh, what tripped me out is, man, that that first drive they were able to get all the way down to, I believe, like the two or three yard line, man. And, and they wanted to sit there and uh, and go for it. I, I I thought that was a bad move, man. You're on you're on the road. It's the first game of the season, man. You know your your team's not necessarily acclimated because they don't play half the time in the preseason. I think you should have just got your three points and walked away and then kept a move, lived to fight another day. So. I just knew from that opening seat, that opening possession, that it it wasn't going to be a good day for the Falcons, man. Yeah, and that, and that, and that, if, when you go back to that next to the last play to end of the game, well, the last two plays are indicative of what Matt Ryan is. The the next to the last play, when he overthrew Julio in the mm-hmm. back of the end zone, Sanu was wide open on the post route on the on the, on the short post. Right. He he popped wide open, and then, you know, the last play of the game, you don't throw the ball that that far over. I, you know, you don't even give Julio a, a chance, fighting chance to to even come in bounds. Right. So yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I look, or like I like to call him Quintaris. Quintaris. Julio Jones first. His name. government name. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So so you don't give him a chance to even come down and, and make the play. So yeah, know, Matt Ryan has some issues he's dealing with. Yeah, man. So uh, hey, that's all we have right now for this morning. Uh, BBR, we uh, you know, we gonna definitely try to see. We'll do definitely do the preview for tomorrow night's game. 
uh, with the Detroit Lions against the New York Jets as well as the L.A. Rams against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, but, yeah, man, that's just a couple of takes that we got this morning. Uh, we hope you all we'll, enjoy the show. Go ahead, BB. We'll be back, to, we'll be back tonight after the game. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, we definitely going to do a post-game recap on tonight's game. So, you know, like I said, man, this is just two dudes. We're going to give you all a different perspective of what we see and how we see how these games are going to play out. So we hope you all enjoy the show. BB, once again, let me know how they can find you, bro. Uh, they can find me on uh, at Big Star Sports with a Z on Instagram and Twitter. And, oh, and you can find my show on uh, www.kylkradio.org every weekday, 3 to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Hey, my peop- all my people's out there, man. Just because you live, you don't live in Houston, he just gave you the plug on how to listen to that show. That is the best two hours of sports that you're going to find anywhere on this planet we got right now, man. So, uh, once again, my name is Eric Compton. You can find me at Money Compton on Instagram. My name is Eric Compton, C-O-M-P-T-O-N. You can find me on Facebook. And also, you can find me on Big Star Sports Radio Show every Thursday at 3.30 Central Time out there in the legendary KYOK. And he already gave you the plug on how to find us there as well. So, every Thursday, we do this on on the on the airwaves. This one's on the uh, the Wi-Fi airwaves, as we like to say. So, uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, we're going to definitely wrap, up, wrap things up later on tonight. We hope you all enjoyed the show. And appreciate the support and love, y'all. All right, y'all. We- Hey, I'm out. All right.